I want people to remember that, like, I fought to the nail. You know, I have I haven't been a person that wanted to unalive myself. Like, I have never, thank God, I've never like attempted to do it. But I've had suicidal thoughts, and so to know that I have thought about ending my life just because I felt alone and isolated and misunderstood, to know that I am here. And I am building community and having like phenomenal conversations with strangers, like not strangers, but strangers. You know, it's like I've literally built this. The life that I will have next is sitting on the shoulders of what I'm doing now. And I want people to remember that like I never gave up. I believed in myself. I trusted the process. I trusted God. I leaned on people. And oh, now I'm getting emotional. I I genuinely never gave up. And as a person who has considered like an arriving myself, it's just like to know that you 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 search for a glimpse of hope. You search for a glimpse of hope and you held on to that thing. And you, you, you took every fiber of your being to inspire the next person to hold on and not give up. Like, that's enough. Like, I, I, I'm, I have no desire to go, but it's just like, if, if my story, if my testimony keeps somebody alive, then it's worth the joy of children laughing around you These are the makings of you It is true, the makings of you Y'all, Drake prepped me and he made sure I had tissue because he was like, I don't know, you know, you these questions might get you to another round. You you got something to wipe your tears? I just try to be honest with my people. Let them know, like, you never know. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank right. you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you. Well, let's see if you keep that same energy by the end of the show. So let's see. Okay. So, Blake, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> Um, I would describe myself as a God-fearing woman who loves people and is passionate about personal development and just getting better. You know, I I recognize that I am one person, but my ability to like have joy and be present really can impact the world. Like it can impact people. So I really take pride in making sure I do what I need to do to be a well-rounded person so that I'm not out here, you know, projecting my pain, my traumas on people, and I am just out here living. So, you know, I I am often told that I exude light. Um, I'm a bubbly personality, but all in all, like, I love God so much, and I'm just trusting God in this season of my life and I just want to be happy and I want to help people 
get to their happy places and showcase what I'm doing to find joy. Hmm. I love it. It's exciting. What <laughs> cultures do you represent? Um, black girls, hundred uh, percent. A woman of God. I represent that. Is that a culture? I think so. Um, <laughs> everything is culture. Period. Period. Um, you know, a woman of God, you know, somebody who is just fun. You know what I'm saying? Like when people, when people are around me and I am comfortable, I am just a fun spirit. Like I don't like to take life seriously. I want to have fun. I want to laugh. Um, I really just want to have a good time, make the best of the moment that I'm in. So I represent like the joy culture. And you know I'm I'm a I'm a part of the kick it community. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a I'm a person that can really vibe with the best of them and just kick it. Like we can do whatever. It's it's whatever. Like let's just be. You know I I was having a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago and I told them I don't really want to put expectations on people. I genuinely want people to be themselves when they're in my presence because I want to be myself and I want people to be themselves. That's the only way I can truly learn you and you know figure out how i fit into your world like you gotta be yourself so um yeah the real folk the the jesus loving folk the black folk the kicking it folk that's the cultures i represent already we love <laughs> already we right there with you right there with you yeah blake where are you from I'm originally from California. Um, I was raised in Sacramento, California. Um, I kind of migrated uh, a little higher up south uh, to San Jose by the time I was a teenager. But um, I'm from California. I have tons of family still out there. My dad lives in LA. Um, yeah, I moved to the Carolinas when I was 18. But prior to that, I was in California the entire time. Wow, wow. I thought she was new to the um, Carolinas, but she's been out there. Okay. Oh, no, I've been out here. Like, I'm in my 30s now. I moved out here when I was 18. So it's been a solid 16, 17 years. Mm. Oh, Crazy. Okay. I might as well be a charlatan at this point, but I still love Cali. <laughs> love it. So, mm -hmm. do you mind sharing your age with us? 36. What time? I was born in Seven, but they crazy to say. It was right after the best year, so you know. I was just telling somebody, as a millennial, our generation, we were the last generation to like play outside. Like literally, the generation after us was not outside; they was inside gaming. Like we, we had the fortunate opportunity to like know what the world was without social media. And then we also know what the world is with social media because when I was coming up, like up until I was like 14, I wasn't, I didn't really, I mean, we, we had to dial up, but like we wasn't really on the internet like that. Oh, once again, we come from a certain culture. You, that's the truth. And you know, we can talk about that on another, we can do that tomorrow on the Sunday live or something. But when I tell you, I'm grateful for not growing up with like the internet the way it is. Seriously. Mm -mm. I like to take too many pictures already. And that's the thing. 
that's how you, people they leave evidence everywhere you know you can't enjoy the the moment at times you know uh uh but have, yeah. but it, it's some good things that came with the changes but Absolutely. Uh, but I, I would agree you know the transition into before the internet and after like man i'm thankful for google i'm thankful for this right here zoom mm-hmm. you know but you know i think we have the balance and we just have to know how to welcome in the future kids don't even really walk home from school no more like i would walk home from high school like junior high and high school i had a crew like it was like 10 of us and when we would get out of school we would walk home together like i vividly remember that and like we all kind of lived we didn't necessarily live in the same neighborhood but like we all would kind of meet each other on the walk so it's like by the time we're all getting to our houses, it's like, all right, homie, I'm about to make this left. You know what I'm saying? And you might walk home two blocks. Like people don't do that now. I don't see kids I, walking around. I've seen I've seen some up here. I've seen some up here. So yeah. I can't say that. I see. So I it it happens, you know. But it's just they go. Like have, it was in the nineties. They go have that cell phone in their hands though. Now that is the biggest thing. Yeah, like we were we were walking and talking about school. Like sometimes. I mean, we don't condone violence. Well, I don't. But, like, sometimes you get in a fight. Some people get in a fight on a walk home. Like, it was just, we didn't have no phones. We was just walking for real, just talking about school, like, cutting class, like, literally talking about the day on your walk home. And you might be walking home for 35 minutes. I'm going to have to bring uh, I have to bring my little cousins on that in their early 20s, you know, late teens and have this discussion, you know, get that pers- get their perspective on that culture and experience. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. What is your sign? I'm an Aries. April. Yeah, hold on. Happy belated yeah. birthday. Thank you. April 6th. Yes, yes, yes. I probably wish you birthday, happy birthday anyway. I'm gonna say it again. So, okay. How would you describe your childhood and upbringing? Um, I would describe my childhood and upbringing. Um, my parents divorced, so I I went back and forth pretty much all of my childhood. By the time I was six years old, um, they were divorced. Um, my dad actually remarried, um, and. It was kind of weird for the first, I'd say, five or six years because my mother was still technically a single parent, right? But my dad remarried and his wife had children. So it's like when I went to their home, I was seeing a loving couple and like children. It was like a family dynamic. But like when I would be with my mom, who was my primary custodian, you know, it was just her, you know what I'm saying? And it was very confusing for the first couple of years, but um, I kind of got a rhythm and just got accustomed to going back and forth. I was with my mom and during the time I saw my dad every other weekend. But really, you know, I went back and forth, um, kind of bounced around between schools because initially, my mom was in one school district and then we had to move to another school district. So like, I, I kind of was a loner for a lot of my uh, adolescent years. Um, I mean, I knew people. I feel like I've always been kind and approachable, 
but I didn't really have a lot of friends. So when I was in that like 12 to like 16 realm, I was kind of a loner. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of friends. When I would go to school, I kind of was just doing my own thing. I mean, the people that I was like walking to school with, like those were people, just kids in the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Like you see those same faces every day. So it's like you walk with them. But like once we get to school, it's not like I'm kicking it with you at lunch. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we would just, we would wait for the necessary people and then walk with them to school and walk home. So. I still felt like I didn't really have a lot of friends. So I would say that my childhood was just very, you know, kind of isolating. Like, I I was confused a lot. Um, I really didn't know how to navigate two households just as a young child. And I really don't remember my parents breaking down what I was really going through. You know, as I evolved in life. I kind of put two and two together and had more conversations with them. But, you know, at the time when I was a young adult, I didn't understand it. And it was hard, hard to understand. So I feel like maybe that's another reason I was isolated because I just really didn't really feel comfortable with my home life between both households. So I didn't really know how to be a friend to people. You know, I was just confused a lot. So I just stayed alone um, and just did my own thing. Um, <laughs> I really wasn't the best student in school. Um, it's crazy how, like, as an adult, you can evaluate your life and, and connect the dots. But, like, when you're a kid, you don't know nothing about this. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I, I don't think I was really a good student. Like, I feel like I lashed out a lot. Um, I got in a few fights. Like... I was just, I, I feel like my parents' divorce really affected me and, yeah. and we didn't we never talked about it. Um it just was my normal. Um so yeah, it's <laughs> by God's grace I have the outlook on life that I have now. Um and I can attest that to both of my parents, you know what I'm saying? Not one over the other. But when I think about my childhood, I don't really remember having a lot of pleasant days as a kid. I can just remember being alone, not feeling like I had friends like that, and just like lashing out and like cutting class and trying to maybe get some attention. I don't really know, but yeah, it. I don't really remember my childhood being super pleasant. Um, I remember a lot of like feeling alone a lot as a kid. First off, thank you for sharing and, you know, extremely value your responses and, you know, sharing you with us. You know, once again, this is the making of Blake. And, you know, once again, this is, you know, this is transparent. I would tell people to bring your authentic self and we're grateful for that because that experience is quite, a, quite common, believe it or not. So, but it's only one Blake and we thank you for that too. Yeah. And, you 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 touched on it a little bit, but you can go more in depth. With like, what were the roles of your parents and the um and your caregivers? So, my mother, I was with her primarily. She was my primary custodian. Like, um, I saw my dad every other weekend. So, <laughs> when you think about it, that's literally four days in a month. Mm -hmm. Every other weekend, 
Like that's Saturday and Sunday. Every other week. So like I saw my dad four times in a month. And just thinking about that, that's wild. Like 31 days in a month and I'm with my mama like 27 days. <laughs> that's crazy. But um, my mother was my primary custodian. Um, and she was, she when, when they divorced, she, like, she sprung into action. And I feel like, I feel like I get my work ethic from her because literally she, at the time when, when they got divorced, like, she had just got out of nursing school. And so she, uh, you know, she got a, a job where she was already working as a as a RN, but like she went back to school to further her education to get a master. And while she had a six year old daughter, seven year old daughter, you know, like she was taking night classes, like she was also active in the church. So she was like doing all these things while trying to like parent a daughter, um, while going through a heartbreak. Like I think about what I have had to endure in experiencing heartbreak and I'm like I can't imagine doing that with a kid like I, I can't imagine so my mother was really like the primary parent um she and I were with one another a lot my dad on the other hand because he was he remarried and he had like a whole family in his home he I perceived him as a kid as like the fun parent like and my dad is very funny to me like he's super goofy i feel like i get my sense of humor from him and he's he's also a very smart guy like he's a history buff he's really big on like dates so he remembers like the most minute things by date and it's it's wild because i'm like how do you even remember that but he does and so to me as a kid i saw him as like the fun parent and I get it now because I saw your ass four times a month. But like I saw him as like the fun parent, you know? So he was he was the parent that like made life fun and like as a girl we would like watch wrestling together. And like when I got into my teens, I started playing softball. He would come and need a practice and like even though I saw him like I was with him every other weekend, like he would come to the practices, like, he would try to, we would, like, throw balls outside, you know what I'm saying, like, run around on the softball field, so I have fond memories of my dad, you know what I'm saying, but the most vivid memories are just, like, of me laughing, and us having fun, and, like, you know, I, I don't know if he was doing that intentionally, or, if, I mean, he is a funny person, but, like, you know, you just... I'm now an adult, so I'm thinking to myself, like, well, were you doing that to, like, make sure that I was feeling like, like, I was having fun, because everything else was so heavy, you know what I'm saying, like, you knew what was going on with my mom, and you kind of understood, like, what she was going through, so maybe you wanted to intentionally make things light for me, you know, but all I remember is us having a good time, and laughing, and just playing, and just playing softball, and so... I equated my father as like the fun parent. Um, <laughs> even to this day, like when we have certain conversations that he has to like get, raise his voice or even 
just like get assertive even in the littlest bit. Like it affects me because I'm like, whoa, like I don't know you as a disciplinarian. Like, this is kind of weird. Like, I'm not used to you coming to me like this. I'm used to you being the, like, fun parent, for real. Yeah, yeah. So, and granted, we we don't we haven't had those kind of scenarios, like, often. But at the same time, like, I can remember when he did it, and I was, like, in my teens, and I, like, literally got extremely emotional because I'm just like, yo, like, you really yelling at me right now? Like, we're supposed to be laughing. You don't discipline me. My mama did, you know? Yeah. But... In answering your question, I just feel like my mother's, as far as roles, my mom definitely played the role of the disciplinarian because I was with her the most. You know, she taught me about how to be disciplined and have a work ethic and like have certain morals and like really just get to work. You know what I'm saying? And my dad taught me how to make life fun and just be joyous and laugh and both both aspects are major parts of who I am as a person but yeah I feel like those are the roles that they play for me but that's why this is the makings of you the makings of Blake right there oh do you have any siblings no siblings I'm the only child Ooh, it's been a, don't it's been say a, I'm spoiled either it's been a long time since we ha- we've had an only child. Let me tell you that. A long time. It's me, only welcome. child. Welcome. How is it? How is it being on? Do you have did you like have that feeling of the only child? Do you ever feel lonely as only child? Oh my God. Yes. So well, you did say you didn't feel think, like I think I think there are pros and cons to being an only child. I think pros are that your parents can really give you undivided attention right all the time regardless of who you're with you're going to get their undivided attention because it's just one of you but the con for me is that you also don't have a buffer when things happen and if your parents haven't equipped you to deal with adversity those things can be challenging because it's just you you know (laughs) you making that face it's just you you know what i'm saying so like you know when things happen you don't you can't really you you don't have people to talk to like if you get reprimanded let's say you know you can't bounce that off you can't bounce that off anybody you just have to like process those emotions and like if your parents and most parents you know they're learning as they go so it's not like they know to like say certain things so it's just like they might say something to you and yeah they're operating in their parent role but at the same time when you go back in your room you and your you by yourself processing those emotions you know and so at least when you have a sibling like you can be like hey yo bro she was tripping bro like but you don't have that as an only child you just gotta you just gotta eat that you know and, and self-soothe and figure out like what's real and what's not so there are definitely pros and cons um i coming up i did wish that i had a sibling um just because i felt lonely a lot you know i felt like there were moments where i wish i could talk to somebody um and you know in in, in moments where i felt like both my parents 
and even my step-parent might have been overreacting in the scenario. But at the same time, I just, I was an only child. I had no siblings, so I just had to, like, figure it out or process it. Like, I, I, I sincerely remember my childhood just being, I don't want to say dark, but, like, it was hard for me because I didn't have nobody to talk to. Like, and then with my mom, because she was going to school and just, like, doing all these things, it's like, I spent a lot of time alone, you know? Like, even in the house, like, 13 years old, I'm cooking myself dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mom, I mean, my mom might have, my mom might have put some stuff in the oven, but, like, I'm taking it out. I'm plating it. I'm sitting at the table by myself or sitting in front of the TV or, like, eating before I do homework. It's like, I'm by myself in this house, you know? And that can be hard for someone. So, yeah. I do wish that I had somebody to talk to, like, at times, but it made me who I am. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. If y'all just not tuning in, you're listening to the makings of Blake with everything culture. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm gonna talk to her afterwards because this is her episode right here. Talking about <laughs> she, she. Li- <laughs> we we sipping right now. She giving all. The, she's she's saying all the positive of having a sibling. Now I'm I'm gonna try to educate her later about like let, let me break it down how some siblings work. But um, but back to you, okay. Mm-hmm. So, what was your first taxable job? Mm, I worked at the limited. My first job, I was like seventeen. I started kind of late, you know. Um, I knew some people that was working at like 14, 15. But I got my first job 17. I worked at The Limited. What is The Limited? The Limited is like a clothing store. I don't even know that they're open anymore. But it's basically like a little clothing store. Like they they had like kind of business casual, similar to like a New York and Company. They had like business casual clothing um, and a few like trendy items, but not like youthful stuff. More so like your slacks, your button ups, like, you know, some little dainty stuff, but more so just like conservative, but like fashionable clothing. Okay. Okay. Shout out to the little cashier, you know, little cashier. I help people take them to the fitting room. <laughs> what was your starting pay? <laughs> Shit. Uh, I don't know. Probably like $8, 6 7 $8, something in there. That ain't bad. Well, in, Cal- in Cali. That was, but you was in Cali. That was 2004 in Cali. Yeah. yeah that was in Cali, Cali though. Probably like $8. Yeah. yeah. $8, $9. Yeah, I'm about to say that's that's balling. Like I was getting paid, but I was I'm in Texas, you know, living um, wages and minimum wage is completely different. So okay, okay, we at it, we at it. How were you disciplined growing up? Well, you know, um, one thing I'll say since I was an only child, um, and because like I was just. I was a sensitive kid, okay? And you you can equate me being sensitive to me being an only child, or you can just equate me being sensitive to just me being sensitive. 
but I was a sensitive kid. So I was never like, I never got like whoopings and stuff. Um, I've always been very emotional, super like sensitive. So like, I'm telling you, my parents could yell at me. My parents could look at me left and I'd be like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, you didn't, they didn't have to hit me. They didn't have to hit me. Um, I, I can remember getting spankings occasionally, but probably less than five times in my entire childhood. <laughs> say less than like, ten for me. <laughs> like literally, it was not that frequent. Um, so when it came to being disciplined, um, my parents just talked to me. You know, like they both, they both were very vocal. Um, my mom was the type of person that explained why she was doing something before she did it. Um, my dad was more so like, these are the fucking rules and you either going to do them or you're not. And if you're not going to do them, it's going to be consequences. So my ass not trying to get in trouble. I just did it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, I, I would say there was some discipline action in there, but I really wasn't a hard kid, you know, like I was, I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, I also knowing that my mom went through a divorce and was just going through a lot. Like I didn't want to make things hard on her. You know what I'm saying? So I try not to be rebellious to my parents, like specifically. Now, when it came to like school and shit, yeah, I was lashing out. I was definitely lashing out. But in the home, like I didn't want to make my mother have to do more than what she already had to do. And it's it's so crazy in having this conversation, like how we take on what we take on as kids. Like I'm a fucking 12 year old and I'm thinking about your emotions. And I'm thinking about how I'm not make. I don't want to make shit hard on you. And I'm 12. Like, how is that even a thing? But it really was a thing. So, like, I didn't want, I didn't want to make things hard for her. Like, I tried my best. You know, I, I sincerely tried my best to, like, do what she asked me to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, be a good kid. Like, not be rowdy when I was with her. Because in my mind, I'm just like, you're already going through a lot. <laughs> You're going through a lot. And I'm not trying to put no more stress on you. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't I, I, I don't really necessarily know what's going on in your brain emotionally. But I also know that I I know what I'm doing. Like and, and I have somewhat I have somewhat self-awareness at that age. So yeah, I just my parents didn't really have to discipline me. Like I feel like I was a pretty good kid when it comes to rules and like expectations and like you know like I said my mama was going to night school so I had to damn make sure I ate when I came home from school like I had to come home from school and make sure I did my homework and and had some food to eat and took a shower and by the time she got back to the house like it's like okay cool let's talk about my day and then I'm getting into bed so like I I learned responsibility early on but yeah I didn't really have to be disciplined too much Thank you, Blay. Uh, once again, I'm giving you thorough ass answers. And you that's hear me? A, and once again, and we appreciate here on everything <laughs> culture, you know, from all type of responses. Cause you answering questions that I ain't even got to ask. Cause you, you, you lining it up. Answers, okay. Because it's a reason. It's a reason. <laughs> yeah. We love it. 
Um, but what it sounded like to me, you know, not to give anybody influence, but, you know, you was a good kid and you're empathetic, especially to your parents. You know, yes. you know and we, I ain't getting time to get too deep with you right now, but we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. So okay. what were and what are your beliefs? What were my beliefs? What do you mean? Like, and what are your beliefs? Beliefs in as far as faith? Or like, what do you mean? However you want to take on that question in general. What were and what are my beliefs? Um, well, I I immediately go to spirituality and like my relationship with God. Um, both of my parents, um, as I was coming up, were active in the church. Uh, my father was a deacon. My mother sung in the choir. And so coming up, even with everything that I just mentioned, uh, we were in the church, you know. Um, and so my parents introduced God to me at an early age. And it's crazy because coming up, I'm just like, man, why are we going to church so much? God damn, I'm like, shit, like, Bible, <laughs> like, Bible study, goddamn choir rehearsal. My daddy got deacon meetings. Like, we at the church at least four times a week. It's only seven days in a week. You know, and I'm seven, eight years old. And and it's like, it wasn't just me. There were like other kids that like, you know, other other adults that, that children were there too. So it's like, we're seeing each other often and we're like in the lobby, kind of like trying to entertain ourselves while they're doing what they're doing. So it was just like, we were in church a lot. But fast forward to my life as a 36 year old, like I'm in the church. <laughs> Like the same church that I am a part of, like I serve in, I go to Bible study, I'm at church. So it's just kind of like, it's become a full circle moment for me because I understand why my parents were in the church that much because I'm in the church that much now as a whole adult. But getting back to what I believe, like my parents introduced me to God um, and I didn't know it at the time, but God, God is, is, has been covering me from the beginning. And, you know, as I aged, I kind of veered away from God. I didn't really talk to God as much. But, you know, in the last year, um, I really have just tapped in and submitted myself to Christ. And, you know, I'm finding ways of creating balance in my life when it comes to that relationship because I never want to be the person that's like, choose Jesus. Like, I never want to be that person, right? But at the same time, like, I chose God. I chose Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And and, and the Lord is the love of my life, right? And I have submitted myself. But I also recognize that people have free will. And God wants us to have free will. So it's just like trying to establish a balance in my life where I can talk about Christ in a way that's comfortable for me, but that also gives God glory. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't make people uncomfortable because I never, I never want to be the person that's like forcing my religion on others um, because you have to decide what works for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give God the glory because I have been through so much in life where God has directed me and covered me and held me in the midst. 
but like you won't have that experience until you have that experience and you know when you have that experience you know you have the option to give god the glory or you know take it for yourself and i'm not here to judge anybody who does that so ultimately um you know figuring out a balance in how to be a believer in this world without making people uncomfortable is kind of where i've been at um but yeah as far as what i believe like that's the first thing that comes to mind like you know just like god how good god is how god is a provider and will really give you peace when you're going through hell you know what i'm saying like just just um submitting yourself to him and just trusting his direction like it really has helped me um and you know i know your audience doesn't doesn't necessarily know me but like i've been going through a lot in the last year you know and so to say that like god has been with me the entire time like i'm not willing to walk away from god right now like at all um even if things are not going my way even if i get a little impatient like i'm still not willing to give it from god and um you know he doesn't it, it's okay like the bible says it's okay to be upset but like sin not so like the issue is not being frustrated about the weight like or or the weight is not an issue like god understands that you're frustrated about it but like don't sin you know don't just act out because you're upset and so for me that's where i'm at with it like i just i've been trying to establish balance and who I want to be in the world and how I can talk about God and and let people know that like this is not a me thing, you know, seed time and harvest. When I come up out of this, when I get my harvest, like that ain't me. To I believe that that's the Lord. But I also am not trying to force my religion on you because everybody doesn't subscribe to Christianity. Everybody doesn't believe what I believe. So and I'm not going back to what you said. I am a very empathetic person. So like I'm not trying to just blah, I'm not trying to blah Jesus out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? I'm still trying to be considerate of others and like, you know, recognize that if you don't believe, then I don't need to talk to you about Jesus. But at the same time, I'm talking to Jesus. And God is helping me. Like Jesus is helping me through and through. So yeah, that's what I believe in the Lord. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Greatly, <laughs> greatly appreciate you. Seriously. Um I'm gonna need I'm gonna need all the feedback after you post this. I wanna know like what your people is thinking because <laughs> see, see, you wanna know well I got you, you know, I line it up, but I wanna hey. know what your I wanna know what your people's thinking too. You I know. Facts, facts. This is gonna be good. I can't wait for this to be released. Oh my goodness, we'll get to it though. So our next question. Mm-hmm. Who has been the biggest influence in your life? <sighs> Shit. The biggest... The, I... I mean, my mother would appreciate me saying this, but I, I believe in my mom. My mom has been my biggest influence. Um, you know, as I mature as an adult, you know, and I just evaluate what I'm going through in my 30s, I can't help but think about like how she was navigating her 30s with a child. You know, because my mother had me when she was like 22, 23. So by this age, if she was 36, like 
she had a 12-year-old, you know? And so I just, I think about what I'm going through and the battles that I endure mentally. I can't, I can't fathom enduring that with a kid. So it's like I have so much respect for my mom, but my mom has definitely been my biggest influence just because I've seen her navigate heartbreak and still do her, like work her hardest to be a, a, a parent and like put herself through school so that she can provide for her child. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know that's a story for a lot of women and men, but you know, she's been my biggest influence because I've seen her climb about the mud and like truly, like truly do what has to be done to make sure her, her baby girl could eat, you know, to make sure her baby girl had housing and babysitters and Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like all these things. Um, so I would say that my mom, hundred percent, like, and I love my daddy. Like my daddy, like like I said before, my both of my parents played pivotal roles in my life, but just different aspects. Like my mother really exposed me to what is necessary to like endure life, like how to handle adversity, like how to rise to the occasion, how to get shit done. Like I literally attest my work ethic to my mother. Um, so, yeah, I'd say my mom is my biggest influence. Shout out to moms. Yeah. <laughs> just love. She's going to love this damn interview. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, let's keep it going, then. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Blake, what are your hobbies, and how did you get into them? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, So, I have a couple of hobbies. Um, Number one, workout, like, just wellness in general. Um, like I mentioned before, personal development is very important to me. So, like, my mental and physical health are um, major priorities in my life. Um, there was a season where I didn't give a fuck about my health. <laughs> and I don't know why I said fuck so hard, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's probably the alcohol. <laughs> but um, there was a time in my life where I really wasn't concerned about my health. But, thank God, I've gotten to the point where... I recognize that health, it truly is well. And so physical activity and, and exercise is a, it's a passion and a hobby, right? Um, it initially started because I just wanted to just feel better. You know, I'd gotten to the point where I didn't really like how I looked. I didn't like how I handled my, my wellness journey. And so I was just like, okay, I'm committed myself. I'm going to give me a trainer. I'm going to start thinking about food in, in different ways and just, like, really work on it. And the first trainer that I worked with, like, she really made fitness fun for me. Like, we, I mean, we were working out, but, like, we were having fun in the gym. Like, we were kicking, like, we were lifting weights. It was, it was, a, it became a routine for me, and she really made it fun. So it shifted from just something that I wanted to do to, like, a hobby, and, and once I got in the rhythm of doing it, like, I became passionate about it. But now I'm at the point where I just want to continue to prioritize my health. So, like, working out is a major hobby for me. Like, I need five to six days. If I can't work out six days a week, I'm, my mental health is going to decline, like, 100%. 
you know, and it's literally an hour, sometimes 90 minutes. I mean, if I'm really going in, I'm in that bitch two hours, <laughs> but like it truly feels good. Like after, like you, you exude your body to the, to the, to the max. And then you, you're like walking to your car or you're like walking home and you're just like, yo, that workout was so good. And then the next day you're just like, bruh, like the way you sleep, like everything is affected when you do some exercise. And so I love it. And so that number one, number one, number one, number two, and this is kind of new because I'm, I would still classify myself as an amateur, but like skating, I bought some skates. <laughs> I didn't know. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. I bought some skates out here where I live. We have like two skating rings and they have like a skate night on Friday, a skate night on Saturday. So like depending on where you go, like it's two skating rings, but it's like one, it's under one umbrella. They just have two locations. And so depending on where you go, you go on Friday night, you go on Saturday night and like mad people frequent this place and um, it's fun, you know, like I'm at the point where I can ride on the skates. I can roll around. I can do like a little, like lift up my legs slightly. I can't do turns. I can't do all that, like in and out, like dropping down. Like I can't do none of that. I'm finna fall. Okay. But um, I love skating. Skating is really, really cool. And also um, my church. Like I know I talked about before I'm at church a lot, but like I'm, I joined, I'm on the praise and worship team. So we do like praise and worship dance, which I love. Like, I didn't even know that I would love it the way that I do. But like, I'm telling you, the first day I did a dance, like I felt the spirit in ways that I never felt. So I was like, whoa, this is different. But then outside of that, it's just like learning the art of dance and just like submitting myself to God and just like giving that to God makes me feel good. So that, um, I do that, the praise and worship dance. And then just like being at church in the various ministries, like, I'm going to tell you, I love, like, I love God. I love the church. But really, the reason I continue to go is because of the community. It's like when you get around like-minded people that are submitting to God and really you're submitting to God, it's like you kind of want to be around them because they speak your same language. And like you don't have to, you don't <laughs> literally, <laughs> you don't have to explain certain things because y'all are on the same wave. Y'all get it. So yeah, like going to church, dancing at church, a little bit of skating, exercise. Like exercise is major. That's number one. And then also social media too. But I, I'm also passionate about social media, so I wouldn't really classify it as a hobby, but. If somebody was getting to know me, they could definitely look at it as a hobby, like making content and uh, really just trying to create, you know, visual, visual representation of like people in the world, like real ass people. So, yeah, that's why I said my hobby done. Four. Okay, okay. So, this kind of is a multi question as well. Mm -hmm. So, did you recommend a book, a movie, and a television series to share with the audience? Um, so yeah, I first of all, 
can I do with it? So you said book? Yes. Movie and TV show? TV yes. series? Yes. Okay. So if I can recommend a book, this is the book right here. Invert this when you do your editing and your posts, okay? It's called A Gentle Reminder, okay? This this is a book that really it's centered in personal development, but the reason I recommend it is by Bianca Sparantino. Yeah, yeah, I was looking. Go ahead. Um, but this book is it's a really good book for a person that's trying to just like learn to love themselves and just like process their own healing and really just focus on you know moving forward and who they are as a person and so i would recommend this book because it's just amazing you know what i'm saying there's small little inserts in here like case in point i just opened it this is page 33 it says you are never asking for too much you were simply just asking the wrong person you know like it's simple simple stuff that's two sentences but when you're you know when you just need something to read like this book has been very helpful for me because it, it, it just allows me to like really process my emotions like page 21 you can still care for the people who hurt you but that does not change the fact that you have to let them go you know what i'm saying like that's two sentences you know and and everything is not two sentences like some of them are longer like some of them are like two and three pages but I would definitely recommend this book, A Gentle Reminder. And it's gentle, you know? Be gentle with yourself and, and recognize that you're valuable, you're important. And I love that book. So that's what I would recommend for a book recommendation. As far as a TV show, yo. <laughs> now, this is hilarious because, you know, depending on when you watch this, like this show is it's somewhat recent but it's on netflix and it's called beef i've been watching beef. Well, i've been hearing about beef i heard a lot of Yo, a lot about beef. drake drake okay the shit the, the shit about beef beef is funny because it's based on um two characters that are both of like asian descent uh, one of them is chinese one of them is like vietnamese i believe i could be wrong on the vietnamese but um, they're both of Oriental descent. And um, it's crazy how they cross paths. And they basically, something happens, because I don't want to spoil it, but like something happens, and they basically want to both one up each other. So it's like one person is like, the fuck, you did that to me? I got one for you with your Chinese ass. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's prejudice when it comes to the races. And it's like they want to one up each other, but it just like gets really wild and crazy. Like, and they're 30 minute episodes. So they're the episodes are really quick. But it's funny and it's wild because it's just like, yo, I'm not doing that shit. Like when I watch it, in my mind, I'm just like, I am not that invested in, in a in a get back plan. Like, you know, if you fuck me over, you fuck me over, and I'm gonna be upset about it. But I'm not, like, I'm not finna get you back weeks later. Like, I'm not finna fester on it. And, like, these characters literally fester on it. And they're just like, nah, I'm gonna wanna, oh, yeah, you did this? Well, I'm gonna do that. And so it's just like, 
I recommend you just watch it because it's entertaining and it's crazy as television, but it's just kind of like, this is literally what can happen if you don't reel that shit in. So it's a word for all the things that you're saying. And it starts with a P and everybody loves to be it. Yes. And I'm not a petty person. Neither am I. I try not to be that way. I've never been a petty person. Like, in my mind, I feel like if you are going to be petty about a situation, you're giving them power. Like, exactly. You're you investing too much of your personality, your time, your energy into the wrong thing, you know? It, you know that All that could be put somewhere else. And God, people say God don't like ugly. God don't like petty. That's how I try to tell people all the time. That's really, he doesn't like things small-minded. I have to get my lick back. You know, it's just, <sighs> and that series is literally like that. So I would, I would genuinely just recommend you watch it just so that you can, you can recognize that like this is what happens when you are being petty. Like you really could just. Yeah, hey, hey, trust me, I'll I check it out. A lot of people said a lot of good things about it. And I've seen, but it. it is good. Like the writing yeah. is good, the storytelling is good. <laughs> There's, it's, it's funny. Like one of the main characters, she's a comedian in real life. I, I don't, I don't know, Amy Wong. I don't her name, like Alexander, Alex Wong or something. I think that's her name. But like she's a comedian, and so there's a lot of like comedic relief in the show. But it's crazy. So yeah, I would recommend y'all watch that. And then as far as what was the last one? Book, series, and what else? Movie. movie. Yes. Um, movie. A movie. It's, oh. It's- I got you. You need. You definitely should watch this. And again, I'm gonna give you some context because, again, I am a person that's passionate about personal development. So I watch kind of deep shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, comedies are cool, but I love a good documentary. I love a deep ass movie that makes me think and like, like analyze myself and how I can be better. So it's a, somewhat of an older movie, but I found it on TikTok. Y'all know. I don't know if y'all are in the like TVs and movies tick branch of TikTok where they show you like 60 seconds of a film. I'm definitely on that side of TikTok. But like the movie is called Detached. Okay. It's old though. It's probably like in the, it probably came out in like early 2000s. And I can't remember the main character, but he's a teacher. Okay. He's a substitute teacher. But the movie is called Detached, and it's about a substitute teacher that comes in and really, like, mentors these kids, you know, as a substitute. And it's really good because, you know, he has an extended role as a substitute, and he really makes impact on these children and helps them learn, like, how they can just exist in the world. And, like, a couple things happen in the movie that are a little tragic because it's, like, inner city kids and it's a public school. But all in all, it's a really good movie because you get to see firsthand, like, what it's like to come in as a substitute when the expectation is for the expectation is for you to just follow the, the, the learning plan. But he was passionate about those kids and he wanted them to be more than, like, what the curriculum was giving them. And so... He extended himself. He made sacrifices, and it made a difference. So, detached. If you have, if you have streaming platforms, is I watched it on Peacock. 
So, you know, if you got that $4 a month peacock, check it out. <laughs> right, all right. So, for yeah. our book, we have... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. A, a gentle reminder. Yep. Then we have Beef is a television series. Yes. And then we have Detached is a film. Yes. All right. Okay, good. Thank you for your recommendations. How are you feeling? I feel good. This is, first of all, like I've said it many times, but I'm obviously, I'm happy to be talking to you. Like we have, we have tons of rapport just because we have followed each other. Exactly. But like this conversation is, is has been great for me thus far and you know I never realized like how much I need to just talk you know what I'm saying and it's like I'm a talker but the questions that you're asking me I haven't necessarily touched on in a minute so I'm feeling good like I'm feeling good to to express what I've been saying and like I know I'm gonna sleep good as hell after this conversation <laughs> I, I love it I love it I love it so we're gonna do our quick commercial break and we're gonna come right back for the audience. All right. Be right back, y'all. Hey, what's going on? It's your host, Drake. Be Drake with everything culture. Just wanted to put in real quick and ask for y'all support. Now y'all know I greatly appreciate all the love that you're showing listening to the show. But I have to ask, could y'all please leave us a review? And if you don't know how to leave a review, don't worry. I got you. You can go to Apple Podcasts, find everything culture. Make sure to click on the name of the show. Scroll down to where you see ratings or reviews. Please hit that five stars or just leave your honest opinion. Then right under that, you can drop us a review. Um, Leave a subject line, the catchier, the better. And just tell us how you feel. That goes a long way with supporting us. But let's say you don't have an iPhone. What should you do then? We got you with that too. You can go right over to Spotify, find everything culture again. And you just want to hit on the ellipses at the top right. And it will pop up where you can rate the show. They see there you go. There you have it. Now make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and anywhere else you may listen to everything culture. Um, we greatly appreciate your support. We love y'all and let's get back to the conversation. Let's get back to the show. Peace. So Blake, you ready for your next question? You see, I haven't dropped no tears yet. I, I'm proud of you, but you've been talking about some deep stuff. You know, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it, yeah it's you know, it, I feel like I'm a deep person. Like, uh, like it, it, it comes. It truly comes when I'm comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily like. I'm comfortable with you. You know, we we've had rapport. Like I said before, like you know, when I'm comfortable with a person and I feel safe with a person, I will share. You know, I'm not ashamed of my story. I'm not ashamed of what I've been through and so but comfortability is important so if I don't feel safe then I'm just gonna play it safe and I'm just gonna give you enough but when I feel comfortable yeah like we can get deep like I like deep conversations like I'll watch a documentary in the middle of the damn day you know like Same I, feel, here. I feel like I'm a deep person I I love thought-provoking conversations um but it it really genuinely is based on feeling safe with the person if i don't if i'm not certain then i'm not even gonna open that door 
Absolutely respect it. And you really should be checking out everything culture more often. So everybody, you know, y'all can listen to us anywhere you listen to a podcast, as well as YouTube if you want to watch our faces. But we greatly appreciate we'll follow, y'all. We'll follow y'all before the night over. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate I mean, y'all. I watch on, on, on the TikToks, but I haven't subscribed we, like, on the podcast channel. We ain't one of them little messy podcasts. We don't be talking about dating. We don't talk about what men and women should be doing. Our focus with everything culture is having conversations with people such as you to get to know more about you. So when we have other panel conversations, things that you have lived experiences about, things you have a professional experience about or education about, to bring actual people that know what they're talking about. There it is. There we go. Look at us. Y'all see it. Y'all see it. Subscribe. You feel me? Go, go, go. Holler at us. You know, we got you. You know, okay. po- we're a podcast with a purpose. All right. You know, we try to make people better. You know, you, you ain't gonna see that a lot. But and we and we're thankful to having people like Blake on here to share themselves. So thank you again, Blake, for real. I, I genuinely mean that. Um but yes, on to our next question. Yes. So <clears throat> hmm, if you had a magic phone. And you can call anybody or anything. It could be fictional. It could be real. They could be here. They could be gone. Give me three people or give me three phone calls. What would you call? Mm, I'm calling my granddaddy, my father's father. Um, he passed away when I was probably about, I'm probably young in the age, but I was like 12, 13. Um, from what I can remember of him, he was a very kind man. Um, and I love my daddy so much. So it's just like I would love to have a conversation with my grandfather to just get more insight on my father um, and, and learn more about his upbringing and just how he navigated life. Um, dealing with racism and dealing with all the things because my, from what my father told me, my grandfather was a carpenter and my, my dad and my uncle and his other brother, another one of my uncles, three of them, the three sons, they all kind of like helped my grandfather with his business and like rode around in Berkeley, California. And uh, we're like doing all this like carpentry work. So um, I would call my grandfather. Like I would 100% want to talk to him. Um, second person, <laughs> and this is gonna kind of come out of left field. Um, for the, let me give you some brief context. Um, when I was 21, um, well, I met him when I was 19, but um, I got married when I was 21. Um, and we were together for seven years. Um, and so I would call my ex-husband. Um, I would call my ex-husband once because he honestly, he's been on my mind a lot lately. Um, not because I miss him or the relationship, but like, I want to know how he's doing. Like when you spend seven years or technically nine years with a person because I met him when I was 19, but we were married for seven years. So it's like, when you spend nine years with a person from damn 19 to 27, like, 
even though we've been apart at this point about nine years, we spent a lot of time together. Like we grew a lot as individuals. And so I would call him. Like I really would love to talk to him just to see how he's doing. Like how's his mental health? Like did did he have the same revelations about our marriage that I had? You know, like what things in our marriage <clears throat> have taken him to where he's at now in life. Like, I really would want to talk to him and just see, like, how his, how his life is, you know what I'm saying? I heard that he had a baby a couple years ago. I, I believe he had a daughter. And so it's just like, I want to know how he's doing. Like, I would 100% call him, and I would like to talk to him. And I'm not even worried about, like, the, the semantics of why we're not together. But just sincerely, like, how are you doing? How is your mental health like? What is what is being a father like? Like, what have you learned? Who are you as a man? You know, like, I would want to know. So he would be the second person that I would call. And then the third person I would call, hmm, <laughs> the third person I would call, taking it back to the taking it back to the family bloodline I would want to talk to my mother's mother so my grandmother um, my uh, maternal grandmother um, because um, and I I mean I don't think I mean my mama wouldn't have an issue with this like she told me this but like my grandmother passed from alcoholism she had addiction to alcohol and so coming up as a child my mom was very like we don't play about liquor like you know like you have a grandparent that was addicted to this thing so from from adolescence like I can remember her just talking about it and making sure I knew like as you get older if you do drink like, recognize that you have somebody in your bloodline that is addicted to alcohol. So, like, you really need to, even if you're going to drink, you really need to recognize that you have this in your trait. So, like, don't get loose with it. Like, have your fun, but recognize this is in your bloodline. Like, my mother was an alcoholic. You know, my mother, your grandparent, one freaking generation after you. So... She always talked about it. Like we we have we have a series of like various like health and like mental health and just like all kind of things in our bloodline. So my mom was very adamant about you know educating me about it. So so much so to the point where I was kind of afraid to drink for a long time. Like even after I turned twenty one, because I was like my grandmother was an alcoholic. Like I don't want to be addicted to alcohol. Um, so I would call, I would call her and I would talk to her more so about her addiction. Like, what was it? Like, why did she lean into it? Where did the addiction come from? Like, I would just want to get context about like, why did it become a thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, and for that reason, because my mom wasn't playing, like I, I take my alcohol consumption very seriously. Like, yeah, I drink, I have a good time. And, you know, I can be under the influence, but if I get to the point where I'm getting real, like, out there, it's time to pause it. Like, and I don't care who I'm with, 
or, or if I'm even at home by myself, like I don't want to take it to the point where I can, um, you know, I forget. So, so yeah, I would call my grandmother and I would just talk to her about her addiction. Like I want some context about how that became what it was. I have heard her talk about it like for years, you know, like, and I know she was talking about it because that was her experience, but she really drilled in on that because it's just like, you, it's real. It's real. Like, this is not, you know, 10 ancestors down in your bloodline. This is my mother. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you have to, you have to recognize that while you may not become addicted to it, the only way you're not going to be addicted to it is if you are conscious about your consumption. Because yeah. she, like, it became, she became an addict. You know? So, yeah. I never, I was afraid for a long time to just drink. Because I, I thought that, like, okay, I have one or two drinks and I'm just going to become an addict. And so I didn't even want to drink at all. But of course, like as time progressed, like I can I can drink like with the best of them and I can hold my liquor with the best of them. But I also know that if I get to the point where I don't know what the hell's going on, or like I'm almost there, it's a dub. I'm I am not I don't even want to get blacked out when I drink. Yeah. Just because of lack of control. My history. Yeah. And it's so unique that you say this. So we're going to have a future conversation about substance abuse, a series about substance abuse, um, about, you know, I've, the work that I've done was in social work and we gave trainings out, been a part of numerous trainings about use, abuse and addiction and how the, the it's like a step ladder. And when you get to the addiction part, it's really out of your hands, you know, and still have empathy where people just experiencing that, you know, and it's so easily how you can get there. Like, I know a lot of people think they're a Superman. Do you watch Snowfall? <laughs> no. Okay, I've okay. Heard, I just haven't seen any. I'm really bad with, like, series. It's you are fine. You are fine. We ain't even going to get into it. <laughs> I, haven't, even gonna get into it. I haven't seen not one episode of Snowfall. Oh, it's fine. It's no, fine. Snowfall, it's fine. not fall. <laughs> you are okay but we ain't even gonna worry about no snowfall we're talking about blake this is the making of the blake with everything culture so blake can you tell us what has been an impactful moment in your life mm, my divorce mm. dude like i mentioned earlier um we were together for seven years and i met him when i was 19 and Outside of that marriage, like, I had been in one other relationship prior to him. But I was young, you know, I was like 17. And when I decided to leave California to go to school, you know, we, we thought that we could make it work, but, like, we couldn't. So when I met my ex-husband, I was really in a place where I didn't necessarily expect to be in a relationship with someone but at the same time we were both like goofballs we were so goofy and we laughed a lot and like being able to laugh with a partner is very important to me so it's just like we bonded and obviously you know we got closer but 
I always had a strong sense of marriage because my parents were divorced. So in my mind, it was just like, if I'm going to get married, like, I want this shit to last. Like, I really do. And it's crazy how you have those thoughts as a damn child. But at the end of the day, I knew that if I was going to get into marriage, like, I didn't want to get a divorce. So, like, I went into it prepared for a lifetime. Like, even at 21, like, I was prepared for it. So when we got a divorce, we had been having issues, you know, and things weren't like in a good spot, but we had been having issues. And I had gotten to the point where I felt like something was going on with me because I was just sad and down all the time. And like there were moments where he would try to do things for me. Like, I can even remember one particular day, he, like, ran me some bath water. And, like, he was trying his best to just, like, cater to me. But, like, so much had happened. And we had, we, we were young. We didn't really know how to repair conflict. So I couldn't really take that act, that gesture as, like, I couldn't take it as a gesture of love. Like, I just was like, well, you still ain't motherfucking hugging me. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, like, physical touch is my love language, right? Like, I love to be touched. So, like, I don't care about this bath water. Like, you could have gave me a hug. You could have given me a kiss. You could have greeted me at the door, right? But, yet and still, he was trying. And I and in those moments, I couldn't really recognize it as trying because it was just like, you're not meeting my needs, period. So I see that you're trying, but like, I don't even like this shit. Like, I don't care about water being, I get in a shower. Like, I don't care about a tub. <laughs> but it's just like, so we had a lot of conflict in those areas. One, because we were young. And two, just because we didn't really have that type of guidance. But it was just like, I say my divorce because even though we had all these things going on, I still wanted to be a wife. Like, and I was not in a position where I was, like, ready to walk away, even though we were having problems. Like, I was willing to work on it. Like, I was willing to go to therapy, all these things. But he felt like our relationship had, like, migrated from spouses to, like, roommates. Because at, at the end of it, when we were, like, basically ending it, we were kind of like roommates, you know what I'm saying? Like, he would come and I would come, come in the house. And, like, he was sleeping in the guest room. Like, I was sleeping in the bedroom. We were basically sharing our bathroom, but not, like, together. Like, if he had to take a shower, he'd go in there and take a shower. If I had to take a shower, I had to take a shower. Like, we were not conversing, you know, towards the last, like, six to eight months. It was just kind of like, yes, he was my husband and I was his wife, but, like, we weren't talking. Like, we weren't intimate. We weren't. Like, we didn't even have, like, outside of, like, just intercourse, like, we weren't even, like, really, like, embracing each other with, like, intimacy, nothing. So, yeah, and still, I didn't think that the marriage was over. I just thought, I knew that we were having problems, like, there was tension there. But either way, in answering your question, my divorce really impacted me because I didn't see it coming. And it hurt. Um, and, you know, I... <laughs> I became my mom, you know, which really broke me because it's like, as a child, I see my parents going back and forth. I'm just like, yo, I done did all this work 
to like pick a partner and I still uh, I'm getting a divorce and like the divorce for me wasn't even on me it was on him like we we were having problems but like he told me he didn't want to be married like he kind of like drew the line in the center he was just like I feel like we're becoming roommates and we don't even talk and at this point I would like to try to preserve the friendship that we had um, but if we continue on this on this trajectory in this relationship, we're not even going to be friends. And so, in his mind, he was just like, if we end it now, while it is a difficult decision, maybe we can get back to the friendship. And in my mind, I'm just like, no, like, it's been seven years. Like, we're going through stuff, but we can work on it. Like, even if you don't feel like you want to be married, in my mind, I'm just like, yo, we can still talk to a counselor and, like, build the pieces back up, you know, like, where did the ball drop? But he was just like, no, I don't want to do it. And, you know, I'm 27 or 26 and he's 28. So it's just like, I didn't see it coming and it hurt. And I felt like I became my mom, and it was a really hard pill to swallow. So, in, in answering that, like, it's been most impactful because it it has molded me. Like, I felt pain, I felt pain that I didn't know existed as a result of that. But I also picked up the pieces and figured out what I needed as a woman, and. You know, it made me the woman I am today. Like, I I recognize that that was hard. I mean, it took me almost four years to heal from that. Like, and I tried to date. Like, I tried to go out and hang out with men after that. But I couldn't because it's just like I was looking for my ex-husband and all the men that I was trying to date. So... Yeah, my divorce, my divorce, it, it made me who I was, it forced me to look within and figure out what was going on, why did I even want to be married to this man, and on top of that, like, his parents were not, his parents weren't even really, I mean, they say that they were Christians, but like, his parents wasn't even active in the church like that. And I've always been in the church. So in my mind, it's just like, even though I got stuff going on, like, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord, <laughs> you know? And, like, his parents didn't care about that. So it's just like, at bare minimum, y'all wasn't even equally yoked because his parents his parents didn't really look at the, the concept of Christianity the way you do, which means they didn't teach him that. So, like, he didn't even want to really go to church. He didn't want to, like, pray. He didn't want to worship. Like, and those are the things that I was taught as an adolescent that I wanted to continue to do. So we we genuinely were not equally yoked, but I was going to stay in that marriage because loyalty is major. And I'm just like, I recognize that when you get in partnership, I mean, you and I have had this conversation before. When you get in partnership, like it takes work. It's not, it's not just like a cakewalk. Like you both have different views on life. And you have to figure out how to coexist. And I knew this. Like, even at 21, I knew this. But it was just like, he didn't want it. And ultimately, if that person don't want it, like, you can't force them to stay. You just can't. So, yeah, my divorce genuinely molded me um, and is the most impactful thing in my life. Because I learned who I was. I learned what I liked. 
and I learned what I needed uh, in a partner that I didn't get in that marriage. Wow. Oh, wow, 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 wow. If I could so, send, like, if I could hit a button and send a virtual hug, I absolutely would, you know? Just dude, like, it was so hard. Like, it was, it was one of the hardest things I have had to endure because I genuinely felt abandoned. Like, I'm just like, yo, pick me. Like, I'm here. I'm choosing you. You're telling me I want to be with me, and I'm still choosing you. I'm still willing to work on it. And he just was like, nope. I've washed my hands. I'm 28 years old. I'm tired of being in this marriage. We're not vibing, and I don't want to work that anymore, so I'm done. It's just like, bro, we took vows. We took vows. And I was serious about my vows. Like, that, that shit hurt. And then to turn around and, like, because he eventually got remarried, but, like, to turn around and get remarried and, like, have a child, like, I just couldn't believe it. And it hurt, uh, it hurt so, so, so much. Um, thank God I've moved past it, but it took like four, four, almost five years for me to really put it down and recognize that like, you guys were never going to be together forever. And even if you wanted it, it wasn't going to be a thing and move forward. That shit took four years. I don't know if you watch Drink Champs. I don't. I don't. I don't watch or listen to a lot of podcasts, but that, that's one I listen to occasionally. But I'm gonna take a drink to that right there. You know, a little bit of growth, healing, and that goes to the next question. And what areas in life do you need to heal? Mm. So, I would say, and and I'll and I'm being like I've been honest this entire like episode podcast but like and we appreciate I, that i i just had this revelation like within the last couple of days but i recognize that i have trust issues and while i have been single for a while my divorce and experiencing that has really jaded me when it comes to like letting my guard down and trusting so, you know, when I think about meeting new people, I get really nervous because I'm just like, you could literally choose me and change your fucking mind. And thinking about that is terrifying because it's just like, I'm certain when I make a decision, I'm, I'm certain about that thing. And I consider all avenues before I make the decision. If I'm not certain I'm not going to make the decision, I'm going to ride the wave and I'm going to communicate with you. Like I have, I, like having self-awareness is like a gift and a curse because it's just like, I'm not going, I am trying my best not to mislead you. I'm doing all the necessary steps so that I have the awareness so I know the decision that I'm making. But it's like, that doesn't mean that you're doing it. And so it's just like, for me to put my heart on display, for you to change your mind is terrifying. And it still, it still plagues me to a certain extent. So for me, it's like letting my guard down and truly believing that somebody is, is really interested in me. 
you know um i know that i'm worthy i know i'm deserving but it's just like believing that you mean what you say and like just relinquishing control and existing in the unknown is terrifying and so i have i have so much work to do when it comes to letting my guard down and really trusting because it's not even just relationships it's just it can be friendships too it's just like I don't really know you. You're coming in. And I'm just like, that's side note. I believe that's one reason I have cultivated the following that I've cultivated because when I'm online and I'm making content, like I'm not worried about people judging me. I'm talking to myself, you know, like, and I, I have no reason to judge myself. My truth is my truth. But it's just like when I'm having a conversation with somebody that I don't know, and they're in my personal space or we're having a conversation and now I have to actually be vulnerable with you in a way that's so different than just talking online, making a video. It's nerve wracking. And that that trust factor is big for me because I just, going back to what I said before, I want to feel safe. If I feel safe, then I'm in there. We're good. I don't have no walls up. You can have it all. We can talk about whatever. But it's getting to the place of safety, which is a struggle for me. Because it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I am safe. And I do not want to put myself out there without knowing that I am safe. So yeah, that that concept of trust and just letting down my guard is where I 100% need to work on and heal from. But I don't know how to because it's just like... I don't know how to. You're fine. You're fine. You know, everybody's different in the way they're learning. You know, that was one of our previous questions. What makes you feel safe? But that's one of our previous questions. That's one of our previous questions. Safety I, is important. It, it, it is. It is. And I, I may bring it back. I may bring it back. I may throw it in, in here in a moment. But the question I have for you now is, what is your theme song? What song represents you the best right now in life? The optimistic sounds uh sounds of uh who sings that song? The blackness doom 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 as long as you keep your head to the sky you can win. That's the song that describes me because I'm literally operating and I'm I'm walking in faith. I'm walking in faith and I don't know where God is taking me, but I'm being obedient and I'm seeking him. And so that that is that is one hundred percent my theme song. As long hey. as you keep your head to the sky, you can win. My head is to the sky. When I say that be on heavy rotation with me, baby, oh my gosh. Bring back the nineties. You know, that's what it was like. And it, it's impactful. It's impactful. Very. Like I said, like when I did the makers of me, what I which I'll send to you later. Um, because I believe when you be, when our guests come on here and they're so transparent with me and our audience, how dare I not be transparent as well? So yes. I had to do the the makings of me as well. And mine was I'm asking you the question. So shout out to Leah with Take Up Space podcast as well as Champions of Discourse podcast, and um, my girl Dawn the Doll with um, oh my gosh. 
concrete and concrete and roses. I think that's the name. I think concrete and roses. Okay. Messing it up. She ain't she ain't dro- she ain't dropped the episode in a minute, so I ain't gonna feel bad, dog. You know we still got to link up and chop it up. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but I had two different people to interview me, and I edited it to a certain way. I sent it to you, but yes, my song yeah, was. Yeah, my song was "Love Is the Need of Love" by Stevie Stevie Wonder. Oh, um, that's, because it's such a good song, and it's so it's still relevant forty years later. You know, was it fifty years later? It was like in the seventies, but almost well, forty to fifty years. That's later. a good song. But man, it's so real. But that's me. That's how I think. So okay, the blackness. Um, yeah, okay, okay. We're with it. We're Be with optimistic. It. Be optimistic, yes. So our next question. How do you define joy? Mm. I define I define joy as peace. Um being okay with whatever comes. Positive or negative. Just existing in a place of gratitude. You know, when you when you are truly happy, nothing can take your joy. Like nothing. People's opinions, what people are wearing, what people gotta say, their opinions on the matter doesn't matter. When you're truly happy, when you're tapped into why you're doing it, your purpose, nobody can say anything. So I describe joy as a, you know, synonym for peace. Like, you know, just relinquishing control, existing, operating in the present, finding reasons to smile, finding reasons to appreciate what's going on. Like, I was really reading my Bible study notes the other day, and there was a comment, or not a comment, but I wrote a note that said, like, where we're so consumed with like what's going well but like have you thanked to god for the deconstruction you know like what is god removing from your life like because we worry about we worry about what god is doing for us but like some of them things that's being removed from your life you would have never done you would have never done so the fact that God is removing it from your life is a blessing. And it's important to to be grateful that that shit is being removed. So it's just like being able to operate in the present and throw up your hands and just take it for what it is. Whatever's going to happen. To me, that's joy. That's joy. And just finding comfort in knowing that you're going to be you are going to be fine now again if you're not a Christian you don't subscribe to God and Jesus then you know you can you can take what I'm saying and throw it into another adjective or whatever but like when you know if you are a believer when you know that like God is in control and none of this is your doing then you can just throw your hands up and just walk and trust that that thing, whatever you've been praying for, seeking, is going to happen. Seed, time, and harvest. Right now you're in the season of time, but your harvest is coming. Like when you believe that, that shit 
that shit is joyous. It's just like it makes you want to. It makes you want to worship. It makes me want to be grateful and praise God because it's like I know it's gonna happen. Like I'm doing all this work. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of when. So yeah, that's what that's what joy is to me. This is a good ass. These are good ass questions, Drake. You see, it took you all this time to come on here and look where look where we at. These are good ass questions. Look at us. Listen to this back. Value it, and when, when we still rolling, we still rolling. Like, for instance, what artist talent would you want to have for yourself? Artist talent. Yes. Um, I'm kind of at a toss up between. I would love to learn how to play the piano or the guitar. I want to play an instrument. Mm, okay. Because I feel like. I feel like I'm a creative through and through from a like digital perspective. Um, but I would love to be able to play an instrument. Um, my mother, ironically, my mother used to play the guitar when I was younger. And I think she sold her guitar and just didn't like keep it up or pick it back up. But I would just love to play a piano. I, I mean, I would love to play an instrument. And when I think about an instrument, I think about a piano and a guitar. So either one of those. Love it. Okay, but who? What artist? Who? Name somebody. Um, Alicia Keys. Okay. 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 Shout out to Alicia. Mm-hmm. Okay. What privileges do you benefit from? What privileges do I benefit from? Yes. <clears throat> I'm still a black girl in the world. Like... <laughs> You know, like I was gonna say, like I'm somewhat fair skinned, and so I might get like you know light skinned privilege, but I'm still fucking black. Like I'm still people don't people don't disguise me for any other authors or, or ethnicity. Like I'm still a black girl. Um. So I don't really know. I can't really say what privileges I think I benefit from because. I ultimately feel like I have still, I, I'm like, I'm still oppressed. No, hey, <laughs> I'm that still is... oppressed. I have still experienced racism. And I ultimately, I, I, that's one question I don't think I can answer. Like, I don't know. I can't describe a privilege. I don't, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I think it's somewhat naive to say that I don't have any privileges, but I genuinely can't think of one because I still am a fucking oppressed. Absolutely understand. And be clear, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but folks should know with everything culture, I don't know. And in the court of law, I don't know is an answer. Okay, yeah. so it's okay, fine. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Who represents your community of support? Um, I feel like the person that rep- the the person that supports me is someone who genuinely wants to persevere and just overcome adversity. Um, you know, I've I've gone through a lot in life, and I speak from. I speak from the place of just wanting to be better, wanting to feel better. 
So, like, the people that are supporting me are too going through trials and struggles. And they are not content with staying where they're at. You know, they want to get better. But they're also being honest about the barriers that are in the way of them getting better. And, you know, hurdles are not easy to... Hurdles are not easy to overcome, jump over, rather. But even if they're hard, they still want to show up for themselves and work towards just being a better human. So the people that support me are going through shit in life. They're not running from the pain that they're enduring, but they are rising to the to the challenge like a phoenix. And they, they just want, they see themselves in a new life, having like authentic feelings and not being restricted by fear. Um, and though those those attributes can be in women, they can be in men, they can be in teenagers, like they can be in anyone. Um, but the the primary thread of it all is like overcoming and persevering and like not letting the hurdles of life keep you stagnant. Because we know what it's like to sit and be complacent. We don't want to do that anymore. We want to move forward, like regardless of what's happening, because you have no control over what's going to happen tomorrow. But you do have control over your ability to show up and keep trying. So I, I am passionate about showing my story so that people can see, well, I'm going through a lot. I have numerous reasons to fucking quit, numerous, but I refuse to quit because I didn't do all this work to quit. I didn't do all this work to stop. Like I did all this work to move forward and see what God has for me. So I just want to encourage people to like keep moving forward. So fundamentally, my supporters, they have that. That's not something that I have to coach them to. That's just something that they innately have and they're not willing to quit on themselves. That's who is supporting me. Because they see themselves in me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm making this content because I'm living this life. But they see themselves in me. And they see the adversity that I'm enduring. And they're saying to themselves, bro, if she can navigate that shit, then I can goddamn do this too. Like, straight facts. Like, I can do this too. So, Yeah. That's who is supporting me. That's my where my community is. Yeah. I was saying, I appreciate you. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And I know we, we all appreciate you. Thank you for being with us, Blake, for the makers of Blake with everything culture. So, if you had a biopic, it's about to drop. But not, you know, it's not about to drop. They're in the makings. And you get to, ha- of course, you get to have a say in your biopic. Mm-hmm. Who would you have play you? Who would direct it? And what network would it be released on? Spike Lee would direct it. Okay, okay, okay. Jill Scott would play me because everybody tells me that I remind them of James from Philly. Hey, this is a pro Jill Scott podcast and platform. Jill from Philly. (laughs) Side note, I love Philly. I went to Philadelphia. On my 34th birthday, I took a solo trip out there. And that was my first time ever going. And I loved 
actually. Like, and it was cold. Like, cause yeah, I told y'all my birthday's in April. Like, it was cold in April. But I love Philly. I love the architecture. It definitely gave me New York vibes, but like not New York. And it was just like I loved it. So shout out to Philly and Jilly from Philly. But yeah, uh, Spike Lee would direct it. Jill Scott would play me. Um, it's only right, you know. And what was the last one? Where would it? Where would it stream on? What would it stream on? Um, and what would what would be the rating? What would you rate it? Like, what would be the? Would it be G P G P G thirteen? Oh, it's gonna be rated R. Oh, uh, okay. And would Jill Scott? Yeah, it's gonna be rated R. I I feel like Jill like Jill Scott is a performer. Period. But like Jill Scott is also an amazing actress, and some of the things that I have endured in life, like I would love to see her just bring that thing to life. Like I feel like she could tapping into her as her actress like bag. Like uh, she could bring that thing to life. As far as where it would be streamed, I want that thing on like a HBO or like a Prime. Like nothing that's accessible to the masses like it you need to be like subscription subscription based you try to be exclusive yeah i don't want it on like no like four dollars a month peacock like i don't want it on peacock i want it on damn eight hbo is, is prime time like hbo is top tier and then prime will be second like yeah <laughs> yeah okay HBO. i love it we'll say hbo Love it. I love it. Now, now we're back to the makings of Blake. Okay. Shout out to you. Hey again, Jill. Okay. If you can have any job in the world, well, let's, 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 bring, let's bring it back. If you was wealthy beyond all means, money was not an issue, but you had to have one job, you had to have one career, what would it be? What would you do? Um, I would I would honestly do what I'm doing now. I would I would create content um, because I love it. Like I love the community that I've cultivated. I love talking to my community, and I would just expand on what I am doing. Like I was having a conversation with someone earlier today on live, ironically. And uh, she it was a young lady, and she had watched like a video that I did with a podcast producer. She was just like, yo, that interview was like really dope. Like, I can't wait till you start making more videos on YouTube. And I was telling her, like, I can't wait to do that too. You know what I'm saying? I have somebody who offered to like get me a computer, one of my, not computer, uh, uh, a camera. Um, someone offered to, to gift me a vlogging camera because I vocalized that I want to start vlogging. Um, and so she's like, I can't wait to start vlogging. Like, I know your people will follow you. Like, I'm looking forward. I already followed you on YouTube. And it's like, I would continue to, I would literally do what I am doing now. Like, I would wake up in the morning, make sure I got a workout in, make sure, you know, I have food and stuff to eat. And I would vlog it and find things to do because I genuinely have things that I love um, that I can document. And to me, I don't care if it's 10 people watching. I don't care if it's 5,000 people watching. 
like I love to do it. It's easy for me to talk to a camera and I know people are watching and I know my personality. Like I know I have enough personality to grasp somebody's attention for a long form video. I just know that. I just have to lean into it and continue to do it. So if money wasn't an issue, I had the equipment that I needed and I was able to do the things that I wanted to do. Yo, I was fucking travel like I love traveling period and as an only child like traveling solo doesn't give me anxiety it's one of the things that does not give me anxiety like traveling on my own doing different things like I pay attention to my surroundings you know what I'm saying I'm not going to just do things frivolously just because like I pay attention to my surroundings but like I love to travel I love to be around people like I can just see myself making vlogs Pulling up on people. Yo, if money wasn't an object, my ass would be in fucking Seattle. Where you at? I'd be like, Ayo, dog, I'm pulling up in your city. Let's go have some drinks. You know, let's kick it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I want to meet your wife. Like, shit like that. She's you know awesome. what I'm saying? Like, I would love to do stuff like that and get paid to do that. So that's what I would do. I would continue to make content. And just connect with my community and make content that I wanted to see and you know just just exude who I am as a person and live in my truth that's what I would do mm. I, I'm with that I'm with that because same thing vice versa with everything culture I want to get to the point where I can travel I could I will come to where you're at and get to know you meet you at your favorite place you like to eat and let's learn a little bit more about Blake. Yes. What, what's the culture of Carolina? You you got to show me around and ask Dude. all these questions in person. You know what Dude. I mean? We could do so much. There's a person that I follow. I can't remember his name, but he literally, he, he I don't know if he does it himself or if he has a team, but like he loves nature. So he packs up, he has a pod and like he, and, and granted he's like, He's like up there, tons of followers. Like I'm sure he has tons of resources, but like he literally records outside, like in like different locations. Like he had an episode where he was like in Sedona, and like you know when he's like in you know big wide pastures and like in the mountains, and it's just like. I, I presume all the equipment is wireless, but it's just like he's getting this content in these dope ass nature based locations with great audio. And it's just like so dope. So, aside from him being a dope, you know, podcaster, he's giving us visuals and locations. I'm just like, this shit is dope. Man, honestly, he probably has a team. That's one thing I learned. I'm a sure he has a team. A lot of people have a team. Yeah, a lot of people have a team. Just don't know. But yeah, but that's what it takes. We have to do it together. Got to do it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hope you're feeling good because we got a, we got a few more questions. We ain't got a lot. You, you are in the home stretch right now, okay? You're doing a great job. So, this question is a would you rather, all right? Okay. So, would you rather go back in time and speak to your younger self or would you rather your older self or your future self come and talk to you now? Future self. Mm. And I say future self because 
while there is value in talking to my older self or younger self, my younger self would not hear me. Like, I know me enough to know that, like, even if it was me, I wouldn't take heed to what I was saying. Whereas my future self has already endured what I am stressing about or dealing with in the moment. So if I know, not forget the fact that there is a future self. Or no, not forget the fact that there's a future self, but like the the concept of getting to the future is enough for me to take heed and listen. Because it's just like in my mind, I'm in a season where I'm just like, bro, I don't know how I'm going to get through this shit. You're in the future? That means we got through it? So that means whatever I'm going through is not going to break me? That is enough for me to take heed. So like, I would 100% want to talk to my future self because I would just be in awe that like, bro, I got through this? Looking the way that I'm looking with the same like joy, God willing, like having joy and like gratitude and just like calmness? Hell yeah, I'm listening to my future self. 100%. All right, all right, all right. I like that, I like that, I like that. Okay, we got a few more questions, like I say. Okay. So... Your last meal. What? No, you know. Hold on, hold on. Let me fix that. Let me fix that. If you can have any meal at the snap of your fingers, what would it be, and who would prepare it? Hmm. I'm a big pasta person. This is probably gonna be fucking lame. This is gonna be lame, but <laughs> I love Maggiano's. Okay, goddamn Sumi. I love Maggiano's. It might it might not be you no know, like a fancy Italian restaurant like you know in the damn country of Italy, but I love Maggiano's. So I would get a lobster, a uh, lobster, Lord, uh, lobster carbonara pasta at Maggiano's. <laughs> but sidebar, there's a spot out here in Charlotte called Hawkers. And Hawkers is like a franchise, so in some cities, like, there are, it's not just exclusive to North Carolina. But Hawkers got really good spring rolls, and I love spring rolls, okay? Like, I love spring rolls. So, I would get a lobster carbonara pasta. I would get three spring rolls. And then I would also get a banana split. Because I love ice cream. Like, ice cream is, like, my guilty pleasure. And granted, I haven't had ice cream in a minute because, like, I've been watching my figure. I've been working with the trainer. Like, I don't really need the ice cream right now. But, like, if I just could have that shit, oh, yeah. I'm going to need chocolate vanilla strawberry with the bananas, with the nuts, with the whipped cream, with the cherry, with all the, you know, wet walnuts. Like, I want a banana spoon because I love I love ice cream. Pasta, spring rolls, and ice cream. I'll be a happy girl. <laughs> okay, so pasta from Baggiano's. Yeah. And who, what ice cream, where the ice cream from? Um, shit. Any, well, I won't say any place, but like, it gotta be one of those. Cause I'm like, I don't really have a name at the moment, but it gotta be like one of those places that's kind of like a, like a ice creamery, so not like a so like Robinson's. So like you're a, talking like a Cold Stone or a not even like a Cold Stone, but just kind of like a 
places that like specialize in Sundays and they make like mm. Sundays and like banana splits and like shakes and like you know sometimes sometimes they even have people that are in there that are like on skates and that'll like you know roam around like a really like a creamery spot I'm like there's a place that I'm thinking about in Sacramento but I really can't think of the name but it's it's really like a creamery where they have like they specialize in the Sundays and the floats and like just ice cream variations, brownie a la mode to like all those places. So not not just like a scoop and like mix up, but like a, a real like back home down south creamery. So how do you relax? That's a good question. Uh, I love music. I love music a lot. I also love like abstract screensavers. So like <laughs> I mentioned this in my I mentioned this in my TikTok live a couple of days ago. You you might have been in there. But like I the YouTube has this like screensaver option where you can like search like abstract screensavers where it'll give you like kaleidoscope esque videos and, and they just they vary in colors like whatever color you can imagine and so what i like to do is i'll search for one of those and i'll put it on my tv and i'll turn like all the lights off in my place like as you can see i have kind of like leds in here randomly but like if i'm really trying to vibe or relax i'll turn all the leds off and i'll just turn the tv on and i'll get some good music i'll put my headphones on like I want it loud in my ears, but I'll put a headphone on and pick some vibey music, you know, mellow type music, Janae vibes, you know, just something mellow, you know, NX worries, like just, just mellow shit. And, um, I will stare at the damn TV, the kaleidoscope with the music in my ears and I'll just listen and look. And before you know it, I will be calm. Like my mind will be calm. So that's what I like to do. And I put Drake on it. The reason I said I mentioned it the other day is because Drake and I had a conversation in a few lives back. And I was just like, yo, you got to get on YouTube and search some of these screensavers. Because these these kaleidoscope screensavers, literally, is if she, you're looking at them, will change your damn life. And she telling the truth. I like, man, I love the background. I was like... Like when I, I go live, if y'all know y'all been following me, I go live on TikTok as well. And Blake and I have um, collaborated and you know been on the same live at the same time. I can't even think what you call it. We co-hosted with one another. Let's say that. And I just love because once everything she's saying is so relaxing, and I do use them too. Um, right now, y'all see what y'all see, but you know when we upgrade, y'all I'll probably go introduce that to y'all in the future. We'll see. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love the feeling. Everything that they're saying is absolutely accurate, and I and value they're all that. different. Like they're all, all of them different. different. You can look at the fish. You can look at space. You can look at Everything. lava. You can look at just like you say, kaleidoscopes. You name it. But it's it's cool. They be having me hooked, so I, I, yes, I rock with it. Like I rock with everything. It. You just lock in on what you're looking at, and I mean, a lot of the stuff that you search will be for hours so it won't even be like no 15 minute video 
that thing will be like three, four, five, hours. hours. Mm -hmm. And I I have no desire to look at it for 10 hours, but I'm just saying like you, if you could literally look at it for two hours with some good music in your head, like your mind will be clear. So I I may, I may, when I hop on live after this, I may see what it's about. Let me see. Let me see. We'll see. It's we'll amazing. See. Like I like, and again, the the biggest thing is, is the the headphones. So like, I can listen to music and have no problem. But like, if I put headphones on and I just look at the screen, and I'm look, like listening to, to the music, vibing to the lyrics, and I'm looking at the screen. Before you know it, my mind is like so calm. We, so we that's did. what that's one of the things I do to relax. Okay. Last three questions. Okay. How would you want people to remember you? Mm, I want people to remember that, like, I fought to the nail. You know, I have, I have been a person that wanted to unalive myself. Like, mm. I have never, thank God, I've never like attempted to do it, but I've had suicidal thoughts. And so to know that I have thought about ending my life just because I felt alone and isolated and under- misunderstood, to know that I am here and I am building community and having like phenomenal conversations with strangers, like not strangers, but strangers, you know, it's like I literally built this the life that I will have next is sitting on the shoulders of what I'm doing now and I want people to remember that life I never gave up I believed in myself I trusted the process I trusted God I leaned on people and oh now I'm getting emotional I I genuinely never gave up and as a person who has considered like an arriving myself, it's just like to know that you 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 search for a glimpse of hope. You search for a glimpse of hope and you held on to that thing. And you 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 took every fiber of your being to inspire the next person to hold on and not give up like that's enough. Like I, I, I'm, I have no desire to go, but it's just like if, if my story, if my testimony keeps somebody alive, then it's worth. It. So, like I didn't give up. That's what I want people to remember. Like I went through the divorce. I went through the heartbreak. I went through isolation. I went through loneliness. I went through seeking God, and. I didn't know what the outcome would be, but I'm here, and I still have joy, and I smile, and I find ways to appreciate my life in the midst. That's what it's about. That's how you get to the next day. And so if I can encourage somebody to just keep going, keep waking up, keep trying, like my life has purpose. 
Let me tell you something. You ain't, I'm trying. Like my, I'll keep telling people know my kryptonite is my sister's crying. Okay, and you know, with here, right here, I, I value us again the whole conversation, the whole experience that we've had right now. You sharing yourself with us, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. God got you here for a reason. God put us together to have this conversation right here. Okay, to share you, will another Blake out here in this world. <laughs> you know, maybe 17-year-old, 18, 25-year-old Blake experience some things that you may have experienced and may feel alone. But hopefully it's able to reach you know, them so they won't feel you, that way. You know the thing is, there's a lot of people. I feel like that's where the empathy in me comes from. Like there are a lot of people that feel alone. Mm-hmm. That feel like they can't push through. It's just like I am you. I am you. And granted, I am 36, but like I am you. I experienced something that I never fathomed I would experience at 26 years old, and I'm nine years out of that thing. And I still have something I'm enduring now, but it's just like if you keep living. You keep living. No, no. This, and once again, that's why we do this. That's why we do the makings of you. And we're doing the makings of Blake. So, <laughs> our next question. Mm-hmm. If you can make any changes in your culture, what changes would you want to see? Hmm. I really would love for my culture to just be fucking compassionate. Like, we mentioned earlier about the concept of being petty. Like, I've never, I've never traditionally been a petty person. I mean, I I may have had one-off scenarios where I'm just like, hmm, let me see what this is going. But, like, let me see what this is going to go for the hell of it. But, like, fundamentally, I'm not a petty person. I, I feel like it exudes way more energy um, than necessary. And people, like, we need kindness. We need people that are willing to be kind and compassionate and put yourself in their shoes and envision what you would do if you were in that situation. Like, there are so many people that are lacking that. And I just wish fundamentally that we as a culture did that. You know, give people grace. Put yourself in their shoes. Have some compassion. Have some compassion. And don't just be petty to be petty. Like, love people. Operate in love. And nobody's perfect. I'm not saying that you can't have an opinion. You can't feel a way about certain things. But, like, operate in love. If you see a homeless person on the street and you got money in your pocket, like, and you got you got an abundance like throw them some money like and it's not it's not gonna hurt you if you don't have the cash you don't have the cash but it's just like if you putting yourself in their shoes knowing that you got excess money you could just give them money if you had the if, if you had some compassion and you knew that you could put somebody on the street in a hotel and you just was like you know what I got some extra money, my bills is caught up, and I got some extra cash, so I'm going to put you in a hotel for three days. You know how impactful that would be for a homeless person? 
Yeah. And it's just like people have, and I'm not counting people's dollars, but like, you know, when I think about that, that's what I think about. There are people in this world that are living in their cars. There are people in this world that literally have a gym membership so they can go to the gym and take a shower because they live in the car. They don't even work out. They pay the $30 membership so they can shower daily. If you knew that and you had a damn guest bathroom that you don't even fucking use, you could have people that are on the street taking showers. So now they can keep their $30 that they scrounged up to get that they might have to get on the corner to get low key but you could literally you could literally allow people that are on the street homeless to take showers in your guest bedroom they're not in your main bathroom then all you got to do is keep it stored up that's it's 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 just compassion so i i would i would love for people to just be more compassionate, be kind, more loving. Like, how you want to be treated is how you treat others. If your ass didn't have no money and you was on the street and you were struggling and you didn't know how you was going to get a meal, you would eat, you would, you would be out here waiting for somebody to throw you $20 to buy some food. $50. You know how much groceries somebody can get with $50? I know there's inflation. But people can make some meals out of 50 bucks. 50. You might have thousands of dollars in your savings account. And you out here, you don't even want to give somebody a hundred dollars that's on the street. You're just like, yo, I'm just finna throw in five dollars because I got five dollars. But you got tons of money in your savings account. You can give somebody a hundred dollars. You can buy a hundred dollars worth of groceries can feed a family for two weeks. Depending on what you're buying. So for me, compassion. If if we could just learn to move with love and not be so mean to people that are in, in unfortunate circumstances, because listen, a lot can change in, in, in six months. A lot can change in a year. And you could be right there in that situation that you're judging folks on. So be loving, be compassionate. That's what I would. That's what I would do. Like fundamentally, fundamentally. No, no. Hey, we know, we feel you, we see, you. we hear you, we're listening. Ooh. It's it's so heartbreaking because people really don't recognize that they could be in a situation like that. Like they do not recognize. It's a, a certain privilege that they don't know they have. Ah. Uh. Mm. Mm. It brings us to our last question, Blake. <laughs> How can we support you? Oh. Oh. I'm about to cry again. You all can support me one um, by following me. Um, I am K Blake. I I don't have Twitter like Mr. Drake, but <laughs> Instagram and TikTok. Instagram and TikTok, same handle. I am K Blake. I A N K A B L A K E. No spaces. Um, aside from that, you know, I genuinely love 
content here and the content I'm creating is helping people. So you could be more vocal about what you enjoy about my content, you know. Um, you know, I love to hear that I'm making an impact. Um, I do this for impact purposes, like I genuinely want to help. So hearing that you enjoy what I'm doing makes me feel amazing and makes and inspires me and makes me want to keep creating. Um, and also uh, going back to what I said it just about like sewing into people from a financial standpoint, like you know, I am a person that would love, you know, monetary support. Um, and I would never I like I would never demand anyone to give me a certain dollar amount, but you know Drake can attest to this. When you're trying to make content, content costs money. You know, equipment costs money. And at the end of the day, while I love to do this and I'm passionate about it and I would do it without giving, without, you know, getting money, you know, I would love for my audience to sew into me, you know? Throw me $20, throw me $100, you know, throw me $500 if that's within your budget. You know, that will make a big difference. Subscribe. Subscribe. Via, you know, a, a, $5 a month go a long way, you know. But that hey, would hey, make hey, a big difference. So, you know, if, if, it, if, it, if it is within your needs um, and you are willing to sew in monetarily, you know, um, I would love that. You know, I, I want to keep making content. I want to be able to get to the point where I can travel and vlog stuff and show you guys things and have more in-depth conversations with you. I would. That costs money. That takes time. And ultimately, while I would never demand that you give me a certain dollar amount, you know, if you have you have nonprofits that you're sewing into. I'm not taking anything away from, you know, the children's hospitals and the and the Habitat for Humanities. I'm not taking anything away from that. But you you may not know those organizers that are in those organizations. But you see me, you're conversing with me. You and I'm a transparent creator. So if you're making donations along those lines, I'm going to tell you what I'm about to do with it. Um, you're going to see the joy that I'm receiving and when it comes in. And, you know, I know when I follow certain people and they're excited about stuff, that inspires me. So at the end of the day, I'm not saying don't sew into other organizations, but like you can literally look at your favorite content creators as like people nonprofits like throw them some money man and help because it allows us to continue to do what we're doing and create the content that you are consuming and that you enjoy you know you watch people on your hulus and your netflixes and your hbo's and then them people are making bank but we are on here on the zooms you know, sacrificing our time from our families, you know, we're, we're, we're dedicating time to edit, like all these things, granted, they're things that we love to do, but we're sacrificing. So making donations in those ways is very helpful. So again, if 
in in answering your question how you can support me i would love follows i would love su subscribers i would love for you to verbally let me know that i am making an impact but if it if it is within your means to give a monetary donation dude that would make such a difference such a difference and baby when i tell you the content that i could give you if you sew into me you you make a donation bruh bruh we can keep this shit going it's making an if it's impacting you it can impact somebody else mm. you know that that may that that may be the clip to start this episode off right there you know, the <laughs> last the last response <laughs> like because I ain't got nothing even added. Like, let me only thing I add the research that go into it it's to give y'all qualified information, the time it takes to bring guests on, you know, the conversations, being kind and patient. Because, you know, I can sell you some book. I can, I, I may tell you a joke, but I ain't going to tell you a lie. Bro, the bring, you know, the good people stuff. out here, it's people out here that don't give a fuck, that are just on some clout chasing. They don't care about quality. And they we just ain't about that. clickbait. And, and it's quality content. <laughs> Y'all don't want to so, sew so, into that. Somebody asked earlier, like, how much does it take to have all my lighting and everything and all that? I like, oh man, this is about just a thousand dollars. It took a time to build it up, but I did it. Then somebody asked me, how long does it take to edit each episode? It takes me, ooh, I said, to put out episodes like hours. six hours. Hours. Like six hours, and I said, "Man, four, But you know, I listen. I take the time. You gotta to... think. You gotta think. We're talking for two and a half hours. He gotta watch the whole footage. Two and a half hours again. He gotta remove what he gotta. He gotta watch the whole thing. Then he gotta remove stuff that he, he don't like. Then he might. I don't. I, I listen. I just subscribed to his channel, so I don't know. Oh. But like. He might have sound bites in there. He got to get copyright. Uh, uh, social media, music. all that. She, she, when she listens, she going to see what she enfolded, like what we're going to put out and, you know, then the continuous social media, the share and, across. And then on top of that, consistently. Consistent. Once again, respect, communication, and consistency. When I tell y'all, it's work. He got to get the guests. He got to make sure he's doing that. He got to make sure it's turning around weekly. He got to make sure that there's enough material for it to be a quality episode that you'll listen to. Mm. Come on now. Mm. Come on tell now. Him. Tell them. Come it's on like same now. Thing. You know, when you have people sharing their experiences. They you like, Listen, wait, wait, Jerk. You a whole, you a whole sneakerhead and you got hundreds of, you got hundreds of sneakers in your closet. And, and shoes is just sitting in there. You could sacrifice two pairs of shoes, bro. You could sacrifice two fucking... And, and listen, I know this is a hot topic. But, like, if, you, if you're if you a sneakerhead and you buy shoes all the time, you can't wear all those shoes all the time. You could sacrifice two pairs of shoes. That's $600 that hey, you can give to somebody. You can pass one meal. You can eat one sandwich. You know, I, I'm not greedy. You know, one person... Giving a ten dollars would be great. Like, you know what? But the cold thing about it, Blake, and we go put all this in here. A lot of the ways you can support is free, and they don't do that. The shares, the comments, the reviews, the posts, reviews. Like, like and these people that say they rock with me, they come on here, they thirst trapping over my like over my beard. Oh, this isn't have you have you have you picked the podcast? 
You know, I'm trying to bring you something a little bit deeper that people need. But that's a different conversation. We're gonna talk about it in the future. And we come and every Sunday and we go live every Sunday at one PM Pacific Standard Time. But we talk about different topics and things we may not discuss. You wanna talk about dating? Come on Sunday. We'll chop it up with you a little bit. Right. About in the live. In, in the, the live. live. And we do it on Zoom outside of TikTok so we won't get deal with them um, community guidelines you know and Zoom yeah. costs money Call, Zoom, all this costs yes, money it does. You know, I'm just yes it does everything yes, costs does. but hey 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 y'all hey you've done Love it donations if you are able like I, I, I will tell you every time I do not want you to send me any money or send Drake any money if you are unable to. Do not put exactly. yourself in a bind. Exactly. Exactly. We're not asking do not for put that. yourself in a bind to throw us some money. But if you enjoy if the you content. Have excess, if you have excess, you know, it, it goes a long way. Long and way. it is appreciated. I mean, and, it, I, and it's not—it's not like making a donation at a nonprofit, and you don't even know what they do with that money. Like you get to see firsthand how your investment can help an entrepreneur, can help you know a content creator. Like you know, if it's within your means, that's it. If it's within your means, let them know, Blake. Let them know. But Blake, you've done it. You've did it. You've completed the makings of you with everything culture. Amazing questions, yo. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing responses. Amazing life. Amazing you. Thank you. We really appreciate you sharing yourself with us in this time. You may have set the record here with everything culture. But we're going to see after the edit. We're going to see after the, the edit. Videos, the, the longest, longest one. Talking, yo. I'm the longest but it was great. I'm telling. I love the conversation. Love the conversation. Yo, wait, and let me say one other thing too. Because you know he married. You got a wife, okay? I but if you, if you, if you a brother and you listen to this whole episode and you feel like that girl Blake, she got her head on straight. She's been through a lot, and she just deserves to be loved by a good man. You know, I'm good at singing, okay? And I don't got no kids. Mm. And like I'm going through a lot, but I'm a but I love hard, and I'm and I'm out here waiting for my husband. Okay, the Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives a favor from the Lord. So if the Lord tells you that like it's something about that girl, I'm open. I'm open to your to your messages, you know. But just come correct, you know. Come correct. Don't be on the bullshit. But she yeah, let me help you, Blake. Let me help you. Let me help you, Blake. I've said this before to some of my previous guests. You know, let me hit me with the, the cool and miss one time, so I'll be cool down. So yeah. too hard on them. See, I've had, and I appreciate my followers. You know, I, I appreciate my supporters. I don't count on followers. I appreciate if they support you. If they support you and they men, they probably good dudes. They, they, but we ain't got enough of them. Let me tell you, I've had some dudes that, like, when I when I broke down. For the 2023, I posted all my 2022 guests that came on the show. You know, some beautiful people, okay? And they was getting sh- that shots were being shot, okay? From like they were they was like dudes hitting them up. And the main thing, shout out to my girl Melissa. She was like, um, okay, thank you. I appreciate the did you listen to the episode? Did you subscribe to him? Did you follow him? Oh no, nah, I just saw you, this, this, and that. Oh no, nah. it's cool. Because the thing is, people you will see put this you. At the very because this is the makings of you. 
if people won't take the time out and even listen to you and where you're coming from, why do you think you they go do it in real life? Like, you already shouted out where we can find you, but if you missed anything, if the people are looking for you and you're trying to be found, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at I am No spaces. I also have a wellness slash fitness page. That's honestly, side note, that's how I became a content creator. I started documenting my wellness journey in 2019 because I was on a on a on a journey to lose some weight and just be healthier. So I, I created a fitness page and then people wanted to know more about me, the person. And so I started posting more on my personal side, but it was always fitness for a long time. So in addition to the I am K Blake on Instagram and TikTok, you can also follow me on K Blake with Fit. Completely separate page. I do not um, recycle content. I mean, I do occasionally, but it's different. It's not the same as the personal page. You can see like what I'm eating, the workouts that I'm doing, the trainer that I'm working with, how many calories I'm consuming in a day, like all things wellness. Um, so K-Blake Bitch Fit, if you're interested in seeing what I'm doing, it's probably going to my head to you know, generate the body that I got or whatever. You can follow me over there. But yeah, I am K-Blake, Instagram, TikTok, and K-Blake Bitch Fit on Instagram. Oh, it's on Instagram. Okay, I was looking on TikTok. No, I do. It's on IG. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm going to lock in. I'm going to lock in. Okay. Well, y'all, our audience, our supporters, thank y'all for tuning in. Greatly appreciate y'all. But I'm going to say thank you again, Blake. Long time coming, but it was absolutely worth it. Drake and Blake. Yes, we came together. Hey. You know, we here. We here. But yeah. Y'all make sure y'all like. Y'all make sure y'all subscribe. Y'all make sure y'all share, leave a comment, leave a review. It'll be greatly appreciated. And anything else y'all want to do to support, we would love it. But those are the free ways to really support everything culture as well as Blake. Okay. So, you know, and usually I don't do it for the makes of you. I'm going to do it here. I'm going to leave y'all with our mission statement. You know, y'all want to remember that Martin Luther King once said that he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So we created this podcast, Everything Culture, on the pillars of respect, communication, and consistency so we get to know each other, so we can love one another. So I want to say thank you all again. God bless and peace.